may the peace of Jesus that passes all understanding be with you all. Well, catching you up on everything, I just want to let you know that there may be times when I begin to miss a day in between messages. And that'll be because he's giving us deeper lessons and they aren't quite ready every day. They mature over the course of two days. We'll see. I'm not saying this is cast in concrete. I'm just observing what he's doing and drawing conclusions. Also, last night after prayers and worship, he asked me to go to work on music because he's going to bring some very important spiritual, emotional, and physical healings to that medium. So that's what I did. Of course, I know those who work on the dark side will jump on this like white on rice, as my husband says. But every time they do, we learn about their tactics. It's really quite amazing how the Lord reveals the way they do things and what results they expect. In the meantime, the Lord is initiating us into what is coming to all of us so we can share how he navigates through rough waters. I want to begin by saying that obedience is still absolutely vital to escaping the enemy's snares. Obedience is one of the virtues that protect us. And the Lord always knows in advance the enemy's next move. So when he directs us to do something, it's because he loves us and is protecting us. And we're one step ahead of the enemy. For those of you who are tired of hearing about the enemy, me too. I'm sorry. I apologize. Even when the Lord allows something very painful for me to deal with, even though I needed it, He always is so kind and conciliatory, saying, I'm sorry for this ordeal. (laughs) No need to apologize, really, but why does He do that? He's just so loving and kind-hearted. He didn't do anything wrong, but he hurts when we hurt. And he even regrets that we must live and fight our way through this corrupted world. So to you, I apologize. But this is what he wants. He is preparing us. So I want to talk to you about how he's been handling the demons. Boy, this is a real eye-opener. Ezekiel has been under attack with his pancreas. This came out of nowhere, all of a sudden. And the Lord is allowing it as a suffering. But the Lord's idea of suffering is more like a four, not a nine on the scale of pain. When the pain gets so severe that he can no longer talk, it's gone too far. You see, the enemy knows God is allowing suffering to his children because of what is at stake right now. He knows well. So he, being an opportunist, jumps in and increases the pain, adds demons of fear, hopelessness, isolation, depression, torture, desperation, torment, fear of the future, and doubting God. The enemy adds these demons to the mix, taking advantage of the weakness at that time, whatever he can to cause his soul to give up and make the ordeal worse. But when we turn to the Lord and ask for help, he comes to our aid and kicks the demons out. We've been privileged to see exactly how he communicates with them. They've been given permission for a four on the pain scale, 
But today they far exceeded that on Ezekiel. When we came and asked for mercy, the Lord addressed the demons of pain and told them, You've overstepped your boundaries. You have two choices. Go and inhabit the arid lands, or we'll cast you into the lake of fire. His patience, even with them, is amazing to me. He gives them about three seconds, saying, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm done waiting. You're coming with me. And he takes them to the lake of fire. As a result of this, when they see him coming, they run. But he still has those demons who are not yet seasoned in wisdom, if that's even possible for a demon to have wisdom. And he gives them a chance to leave before they're cast into eternal torment. Every day, dear ones, every day, curses are sent to us. Every day, the Lord breaks them. Yes, the binding prayer does work. But as we progress in our intimacy with the Lord, we are finding out that he is stepping in and bringing strongholds and curses, fences, blocks, devices down. I know he's given us authority and I take it. But this is something new, that when I ask for mercy, he steps in. We have seen him doing this more and more. Father also has been present and active in this spiritual warfare. It's amazing to watch them step in and deal with the demons directly. I suppose it's because we're his children on the front lines, and we're sharing with you, and they overstep their permissions. So this is another way to petition the Lord to be delivered of curses and demons. And I know we've talked about that before. Call upon the Lord for mercy. And he steps in. This is in the scriptures in Psalm 91 and many, many other places. Starting at verse 14. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him. For he acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. So as things heat up, we have another recourse. At this point, I want to remind you that we received an invitation to keep climbing with the Lord. We were told it's going to get very, very hard. And today, when we discovered a sword had been plunged into Ezekiel's pancreas, the Lord reminded us of what we had agreed to do. Dear ones, this is no cakewalk. This candidate, Donald Trump, is not a New World Order clone. He really means to turn this government upside down and inside out. They really want to stop him. He is heavily protected by the Lord. But if we continue to cooperate with the Lord in our offerings, he will have enough levers to protect this man further and put him into office. But after that, I believe that the former powers will try to raise insurrections, riots, and all kinds of strife and emergencies. But we are here by the Lord's side, giving him all he asks of us as we stand in the gap. You can see a reflection of suffering in the suffering servant, Roland Baker. Heidi's ministry has grown enormously, and obviously 
God permitted Roland to back her up with the terrible damage done to his body through malaria. Most likely that was a curse that was permitted to land, not because they did anything wrong, but because God needed suffering to back up the conversions. That is what we are seeing right now. Ezekiel is backing up something tremendous. A very large and important cross has been given him for this nation and our ministry. In between these bouts of suffering, he is allowing a few days for him to recuperate, and it takes that in sleep to repair all the damage and pain caused to his body. What is so insane about these spiritual attacks is the enemy can't win. I just don't understand why they don't get it. The more we suffer, the stronger we get, the more conversions that take place. The more their tactics are exposed to more people, it just doesn't make sense to me, except that they somehow are rewarded for causing pain, even if in the end they've cut off their nose to spite their own face. When we suffer, we are in a sense making spiritual fertilizer. We are feeding the seeds of conversion that have been sown. As Tertullian, the early church father, said, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. There is a white martyrdom where blood doesn't flow, but suffering abounds. And all of us are now being called upon to offer ourselves and the full knowledge that it will not be pretty or easy. We were given a vision of those who stayed behind on the lower levels of the mountain. They were not going through the difficulties we had. They were in a measure more happy, more comfortable, but still came under attack. Others had begun the climb, but stopped halfway up, and a few were with Jesus, who was still climbing. They were joined to him in a very special way. It was as though they were infused and one with him. They were moving forward as a unit and enjoying great camaraderie and intimacy in his presence, and their protection was very strong. So don't be surprised if the Christians that you know that love the Lord most intensely come under serious, serious illness or difficulties because they love the Lord so much and they've given themselves totally to Him. He is allowing these things. Even though they may be totally unaware of what the Lord is doing with their illness, it's still taking place. He is still receiving a sacrificial offering from them and someday they'll see that. Because right now, the way America goes is the way the world is going to go. So this season of our Christian lives only makes sense if we consider the stakes. That Jesus is using every little suffering to get this man in office. To turn the nation and even the world. And you and I both know how bad it looks for Donald Trump to get into office. The enemy has done his best to smear this man. And that alone tells us he's not on their team. Unfortunately, Donald has done some shameful things in the past, and that gives weight to their arguments. But I was stunned when Hillary Clinton said something after the final debate to this effect. Well, it was good. They got to see how he acts on stage, and that's all that matters. 
That is not a perfect quote, but the essence of it stunned me. How you act in public, on stage, is all that matters. Policy doesn't matter. Corruption doesn't matter. The abysmal state of our nation doesn't matter. And there you have it, the essence of their agenda. When she said, you saw how he acted on stage, that word in itself is a giveaway. It's a stage, a play being acted out while the guts are kept hidden from the public. Put up a good front, and that's all that matters? In the meantime, tubes and wires are spotted running up her back. What in the world is behind that front? Aren't we all tired of the good look, the good talk, the act good to cover corruption? My personal opinion, at least the man doesn't mind offending people, even as the scriptures say, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible. That's Ephesians 5. Another scripture verse came to mind from Ecclesiastes 42. The following things you should not be ashamed of and do not sin from fear of what others think. The law of the Most High or the covenant of a verdict that acquits the godless. Boy, we've seen that this last two weeks. Surely our personal lives should be without reproach. But what politician can you say has a spotless reputation. The Lord knows who will repent and who will not. And America is not looking for a virgin, but a man that can restore the basic rights to this country and halt the enemy from completely destroying our nation. And he has chosen this man in spite of his arrogance and unseemly behavior. The only difference between the two candidates is that we see all the mess in his life, but the mess in hers is still covered up, even when it's obvious and publicized. So the Lord began speaking at that point. I asked him, Lord, do you have anything to add? He began, I want to return to the heart of this message. Please consider it's not going to be easy, but if you choose to continue to scale the mountain of holiness, I will be with you. I will carry you and I will save you and you will experience me in ways you never thought possible. If I had to wait for someone who was morally clean to do this job as the President of the United States, it would never get done. Look at David, the greatest king my people ever had and even he committed adultery with Bathsheba and to cover it, had her husband murdered. Let's just say, I have chosen the best of the worst because I know his heart and I know his end. He will do a good job. The others are deceivers of the worst kind, bent on destroying you and the earth. So it's up to you, my people, to discern these words. Claire knows nothing about politics, even by her own admission. She's been instructed by me and holds no other opinion than my own. And at that point I broke in and said, Gee, Lord, that's really true. I've been absolutely ignorant for 70 years about that stuff. 
I had absolutely no interest, which I figured was a fault. At least as a Christian, I should have known better. But I was lazy and I didn't care. But everywhere I turned, I saw deception. So I just gave up thinking about it. You comforted me one year by telling me not to vote, that it didn't matter. Jesus continued, Yes, well, this time it does matter, and that's why I'm calling my people to stand by my choice, the best of the worst candidates. I'm not here to argue with anyone. I've seen your locker room thoughts and even talk. I've seen more than that, in fact. And there is not one man who can stand before me and say, I am without sin, Lord. Not even one. But returning to your sacrifices, the bride must resemble the groom. This suffering is preparation for your coronation. You indeed will resemble me when I come for you. I will infuse you with my strength, if only you will ask. I will carry you when you can no longer carry on, if you will ask. I will restore your faith when doubt has a stranglehold on you, if you only ask. I will give you endurance to finish this race, loving me and my people more than you ever have. Only just ask. All these things I will do for you, and more, my people, much, much more. But you need to decide in this moment. You cannot see what is coming in the future, but I can. Will you trust me? My last words to you, it will be hard, but I will be with you all the way.